When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Situation Room. Um, I am here with my co-host Gabe Ferguson. He's at Gabe Fergie. I'm Jordan Coe at Raven Sit Room. And we are super excited to actually be able to watch some football games. I, I don't know about you, Gabe. It seemed like there were some technical difficulties uh, early on with NFL.com. But uh, for those of us who are out here on the uh, left coast, they, they, they got it right and were able to watch it. Yeah, I, I don't have too much faith in this NFL Plus app. <laughs> I had to go through, I don't even know how many different routes to try and get this game. But I finally, finally got to put it on um, some weird kind of broadcast stuff <laughs> to work out, I think, for NFL.com. But, um, you know, it was, it was good to get some Ravens football, something we've been waiting for for, seems like, forever this offseason. I don't know about you, but for me, it seems like a really long offseason. Um, so it was just exciting to see, you know, the guys back out in the field. Um, 21 preseason victories in a row, the one of the most impressive, you know, streaks in all of professional athletics. So congratulations to the Ravens and, and John, Harbaugh, John Harbaugh for his 21st consecutive preseason win. I'm sure it was something that you really wanted to come away with. I think I saw a really funny, like, Newswire tweet, and it was, like, longest streak, like, winning streak, like, list, and, like, the UConn women's, like, yes. basketball team was on the same list as the Ravens preseason list, uh, and that's just, that's just kind of funny. Um, you know, I did, I was, I think I was on ESPN, I don't know where I was reading it, it was, there was a guy that had played some preseason stuff for the Ravens talking about uh, how everybody seems to like he works at a grocery store now and people recognize him and, and he was and he was talking about how like you know it's that the, the Ravens are good at scouting their depth and that's like like it's not that they play their starters longer than everybody else and I think that I say that as a context to this game um, and how much you know there are always things to take away from any game especially when you put guys in live action and we haven't seen that happen yet um, but there were not a lot of you guys were t- you and I were talking about this in pre-production. There were not a lot of guys that played in this game that I think that will ultimately be active on week one when we get around to it, right? So like we saw three running backs that played, all probably that have a good crack at being on the opening day roster. Probably only two of them, maybe fewer, might be active on opening day. Um, you know, a couple of the linemen that played are not going to be active uh, in week one just because you you're not going to have 10 active offensive linemen. Um, the two, two of the quarterbacks that played probably won't even be on the roster. So, you know, how much is there for us to really take away from this week? I mean, it's really about that those bubble spots on the roster, right? And, and who's going to fill out um, the final, you know, six to eight spots? I think there's definitely some battles there. Um, you know, we, another, another thing we're talking about was offensive line. And 
it seems like the offensive line is pretty much set. And, and they were saying that on the broadcast too. It's there's these ten guys who seem like they're clearly the the guys who are going to make the team. Um, you know, look, looking at the the roster before the preseason began or before training camp began, I think a lot of us had looked at Ben Powers and said, you know, he might not be someone who's going to be on this final roster because he's making like close to three million dollars. Like he seems a little bit redundant with the with the depth at the guard position. But he's out there, you know, as the starting guy. He's been starting left guard in training camp. Seems very unlikely that he's going to be cut. There is a potential trade situation I could see, um, but that seems less and less likely as as we move closer and closer towards the start of the season. Um, so it, it looks like, you know, the guys out there are, are going to be on the roster and there's going to be a lot of depth on the offensive line. And, you know, with the injuries that the Ravens have had at that position over the past couple of years and some of the issues they've had there, it might not be the worst thing to carry 10 offensive linemen. Yeah, I, I, I certainly won't. I won't. I wouldn't have a problem with them carrying that many. I don't know if you saw this, but it looks like um, uh, Jay-Z just tweeted that uh, Tylen Wallace didn't play more tonight because he had yes. a knee sprain. Um, so I didn't realize. So the wide receiver depth is already getting rather thin. Um, and that one, that one's a little concerning for, you know, I think anybody that was already worried about depth for wide receiver, those people are going to say, uh, this guy is certainly falling at this point. Well, and, and just to add on to that. So James Prochet is also sidelined right now with a soft tissue injury. Uh, Harbaugh commented on that after the game. It's like a one to two week injury, hopefully, but it's not something you'd like to see. Devin DuVernay has missed some time with an injury. Rashad Bateman has missed some time with an injury. A couple of the undrafted guys have missed time with injury. The wide receiver position is deadly thin right now. The depth is just not there. I don't know who's who they're even going to have out there like practicing. It's like three or four guys who are healthy. So um, it's it's a little bit of a struggle from a depth perspective. But you know if these guys can get healthy it looks like they're not serious injuries which is a good thing by the time that the regular season rolls around um i'm not too concerned about you know having those guys that we talked about available it's not great that they're not going to be throwing and catching as much in the training camp that's the one thing i'm kind of worried about because these aren't veteran guys they haven't been there that much so these are reps that you want to have with them so how much of this do you think is the ravens just being unequivocally precautionary compared to last year so it seems to me you know not not to say that i have any idea what james Prochet's injury is actually like in any part of what it is to him but it seems to me like the ravens at this stage are if you come up limping in any way whatsoever you're done for practice for the day um and that they're going to give you the next week off because they don't want there to be any risk and they don't want to be they don't want there to be anything that's going to like interfere with health and they obviously took this first, with only three preseason games now instead of four, they obviously took this first one very seriously um, and just sat down literally everybody. Um, I think in, in previous years, we would have seen J.K. Dobbins off the physically unable to perform list from the start, at least from what we've seen from him. He could, you know, the, the earlier reps wouldn't have been a harm, and that week of time did not. Like, there, there was nothing that changed in this last week of time for J.K. Dobbins to become active versus inactive. Um, are the Ravens just being super precautionary, especially with guys like Prochet, where where like it makes it impossible to read anything into it? I think so, and I think you know you, you mentioned Dobbins, but I think all these guys are coming back from injury. They're they're in the same kind of boat, um, and they're not going to rush them. I think the Ravens feel good about the depth that they have. Um, it 
the question is more of a roster crunch, if anything else, because if they stay on the pup list, then you're looking at you know four weeks at the beginning of the season where they can't be playing and contributing. That's a lot of time. Um, so that's really when you have to make these decisions. Are they going to be ready to go on week one? What time do they have to be activated in order to get enough reps, enough you know field to get back on you know the field in order for them to actually be ready to go in week one? Um, I think you know getting back to Jeff Zarebek, he I think he mentioned probably like a two to three week timeline. If you if, we, if you don't get two to three weeks worth of practice in, then you're probably not starting week one. So that time is approaching pretty quickly you know we're about a month out now um and you have guys like marcus peters um he's someone i would like to see out there week one ronnie stanley would love to see him out there week one i'm thinking maybe you know people like gus edwards and tyus bowser they're probably not going to be there they're probably pup pup players in, in my opinion you know bowser made a comment earlier at this i think after the game that he's just going to take it on his own timeline when he feels like he's ready he'll be out there um he got hurt in the last week of the season last year. So he is on what, like a eight month turnaround now. So that's, he, I don't think he's going to be out there at the beginning of the season. So there are some issues with, you know, some of those positions where the depth is going to have to step up because um, I, I think the Ravens are being cautious, but in the, for the most part, I agree with that caution. I think it's important to have them, you know, later on in the season when, when it really matters, especially in the postseason. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think the interesting question to me is whether the Ravens are going to demand that they get the number of practice weeks that they might have historically in the past. Um, that, that to me is the interesting wild card because, and I think I, I think I heard Woodson say this, and and he mentioned something. I have to go back and watch the broadcast, but he mentioned something about Marcus Peters, and it sounded to me like he was like what he said was that Marcus Peters would be playing in this game if it was an actual active game. Um, and maybe I just like misinterpreted, like maybe Woodson was just saying if he was available to play, the Ravens would have been better off, but just the way he was saying it made it sound to me like he's talked to Marcus Peters and that like, if it was up to Marcus Peters and it was an actual game, he would be playing. So, you know, if those are the cases, you know, I'm like at this point, who the heck knows how the Ravens are going to handle injuries. They're, they're very, they very clearly decided they're going to do it differently than they've done before. And it takes all the potential, like, oh, John, like John Harbaugh, for all of his history in the NFL, has been a pretty regular dude that has done things pretty much the same way in terms of how he treats rookies, how he approached the preseason, about how he approached starters and all that stuff. And it seems like for, you know, obviously for worse last year, but, you know, he's completely changed up how he's going to do that. So I, I think it's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. They also let Ronnie Stanley play with about a week's worth of practice last year, if I recall, um, as well, uh, right before the He opening. had a little bit more time than that last year. He he played in that first, or the last preseason game, which I think is two weeks before the beginning of this, the regular season. And he wouldn't have played in that game, I think, if he hadn't had some practice leading up to it. So I would imagine he had at least like three weeks, three or four weeks, if I'm remembering before the start of the season. Um, but you know, that's kind of the timeline that I would ideally have because it does take time for players to ramp up, you know, that, that game speed. Like, you can be off on the side doing individual drills, doing, like, your training, whatever, but until you're on the field playing at that speed, especially with pads on, with bodies flying all around you, you don't know how your body's going to react. And you need to get some live reps before you're out there in real situations. And, and I think that means to me at least probably like two weeks of of being off the list being on the field and being able to at least get some practice in so i'm going to be you know paying attention very closely to seeing 
especially Marcus Peters and Ronnie Stanley. I think those are the two key guys that you really want to have at the beginning of the season. Um, but, you know, if they can't go, then they can't go. And you just have to look at the depth behind them and, and hope that they can, you know, be good enough. Um, and the Ravens have definitely tried their best to get depth behind those players at those key positions. Well, and luckily we start the season against the AFC, the, the AFC, uh, I, I want to say, um, why do I keep thinking North? The AFC yeah. East. They've got four straight games to start the year against the AFC East, which is probably the worst division. Well, I don't think probably. It is the worst division in the AFC, which is a nice way to be able to start the season. And the Jets being week one gives you an extra breather, especially now that Becton, uh, Macari Becton's not going to play. Um, so at least in the scheme of things, I mean, the Ravens have a relatively easier schedule, at least on paper right now, to start the year. Um, but you know, don't rush these guys back. You know, at the end of this year... If last year is any indication, the last six games are going to mean a lot more to you than the first, you know, 11 games. Um, and we saw that last year when we ended the year on the losing streak. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if the AFC East is the worst division. They, they might have two playoff teams. I think the AFC South is worse. But regardless, the the Jets are bad. I, I don't think the Dolphins are going to be very good. And the Patriots, I don't think, are going to be very good this year either. Um, obviously, the Bills, I think, are everybody's darling. So um, that's going to be a, a, a tough game early on. But it's it's not the hardest schedule to start the season off with. And I think that'll benefit the Ravens for sure. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, we were talking about a couple positions here, so let's talk about some of the players that are, are maybe going to be the backups that we're going to see. And I think a couple of them look pretty good tonight. Um, we can start with Jawan James, who came out starting left tackle. He's been playing left tackle and tr- all throughout training camp with Stanley sidelined. Um, he looked the part in my opinion, you know, he looks like an NFL tackle. He, he's not, massive in terms of like large like weight like issues he looks like he's moving well um he's looking like he can you know help out in the run game he's solid in pass protection he's been a right tackle throughout his career but um you know he's been practicing on the left side and i think he's looking like he can hold up and i know this preseason game one you're not going against this stiffest competition but he looked like he's someone who has the physical tools to be able to be out there if he needs to be instead of ronnie stanley he certainly looked like he made it. He made the roster, um, at least with what we were seeing today. I think there were definitely some questions in camp that we've seen so far that James has looked a little stiff and hasn't been prepared to move laterally. So it was good to see in a game situation that he was up for it and that even if it was against – because I don't think any of the Titans starting defensive linemen or outside linebackers started in this game either. So even if it was against the twos, it's good to see that he wasn't overmatched. And I think that – I think there were some questions about whether James would have actually – whether the Ravens would have considered cutting him or trying to trade him. And at this stage, I think that – I think that pretty much locks him up on the roster and kind of lets him lets him be that extra guy so the, the Ravens can let Makari be the swing on the interior and, and emergency, emergency on tackle if they're going to need him to be. Yeah, I agree. And, then, you know, as Makari played decently well last year when – pressed into right tackle service but he really is better suited to play inside um and you know based off the number of snaps he got in this game i think he played maybe one series um he is being seen as basically a starter i think in the eyes of the ravens or at least the the importance of a starter in terms of what he can do um as being kind of that versatile you know backup center backup guard you know swing tackle in a pinch but that's you know an important role especially given the injuries that the ravens have had so I'm I'm pretty happy that you know they have him that they were able to lock him up for several years and that that versatility is really going to be useful. Um, 
I also wanted to you know touch on we mentioned Powers, um, but the other two guards who were basically start, played the majority of the snaps uh, split between left guard and right guard with Tyree Phillips and Ben Cleveland. Um, what do you think about you know their prospects? Um, having them seeing out, them out there for the, a lot of snaps in this game, it looks like they you know Harbaugh and the coaching staff want to see them in you know, getting those reps at, at left and right guard respectively. Does this look like it means that Phillips, you know, might have a leg up over Cleveland in that left guard role potentially, uh, and and Cleveland might be the right guard backup? That's kind of where he's being um, pigeonholed at this point. Is that, does that make sense to you, or, or is it kind of still, like, up in the air? No, I think that, I, you know, I feel bad for Tyree Phillips because he's a guy that if they would just let play guard and not have to worry about doing a bunch of other stuff and constantly getting moved around, I think would show some better better performance indicators. Um, you know, I, I, I think the way you described it is probably correct. I would say I like Tyree Phillips out of the bunch the best. There was nothing that we saw tonight that made me think otherwise and the athleticism on the Mike Davis touchdown. Um, where he got outside in terms of pulling is exactly what I think that the Ravens need. I think that, that the the three-way threat between Phillips, Stanley, and Linderbaum being able to pull to the right on the counter bash. And you heard the the broadcast talked a little bit about how Greg Roman loves to go to the counter bash on those short down um, situations. Um, I prefer having the more nimble and athletic guy in Phillips than Powers. I think Powers is fine and i think powers might be slightly above average but i would i would rather give phillips that shot and let him let him be that athletic guy um and especially if you keep james then you know i I think that does make it a little bit interesting as to whether the ravens do keep all three of those guys to potentially be the left guard guy um if they keep james as well because then you've got makari also able to kick in and cover at center or cover at right guard if need be um, and all of a sudden, if you do need a roster spot, potentially one of those guys like Ben Powers, who comes with a three million dollar cap hit, um, maybe he's the guy that that you know potentially could be the odd man out just because of dollars. Yeah, I mean that's what we all thought heading to the preseason, as we were talking about. But I don't know if that's still in the books anymore. And maybe they're putting Powers out there to get some tape on him, so other teams can say this guy, you know, they saw him at center of this game. He's played a lot of left guard. He's played some right guard. You know, he's a versatile interior offensive lineman. And they're just trying to get some, you know, value, build some value for him. That that could be what, what's going on here. Um, Phillips, I think, like you said, I think he has the most upside, especially in terms of run blocking of these other players we're talking about in the interior offensive line. His athleticism, being able to pull. I think there are still some concerns about his pass blocking, and that's why, you know, Powers might have gotten a bit of the, you know, the advantage so far in camp i think he is probably a little bit of a better pass blocker and cleveland might even be too at this point i think that's somewhere that phillips has struggled um so it, it, even even from an interior perspective um so if he can improve in that area i think he definitely has the most upside of any of those players in terms of you know being the starting left guard but it's really going to be a battle i think you know we still have a few more weeks to let this thing sort out so it's going to be interesting at this it's one of the closest you know real training camp battles i think that's still active and it's going to be you know i think it will be interesting i'm rooting for phillips but we'll see yeah it's it's a total wild card and i think it's worth pointing out that if if the ravens continue to let guys like moses and zeitler and if stanley is not back and isn't playing not play then all three of those guys are going to get plenty of time in these games to continue to battle it out i don't think that any other than 
And I'll have to go back and watch this game again, which I will do. But I don't think there was anything that stood out to me other than the Phillips pull play um, one way or the other for any of the guys. And so that doesn't mean that there wasn't a good pull from either of the other guys. I think think Ben Cleveland had a big block on the screen pass to Beatty. Um, But other than that, nothing else really, you know, just nothing else really stood out to me. I think I saw Ben Cleveland fall on his butt one time, but he seems to fall over a lot. So... um, yeah, Cleveland. I think he. Uh, I think he got a little banged up at one point. I was like a little cramp or something. And then I think the next play, I saw him like running somebody over. So he's he's a bit of an up and down player. Cleveland. He's still. I mean, obviously there was the beginning of the training camp issues with him not passing the the physical, the conditioning test for about a week. So that's not great in his in his corner. But I mean, he's someone that I think the Ravens still like. They want to develop him. Um, and probably next year is where he's probably going to end up being a starter. Um, but, but we'll have to see, see with him. He, I still think he needs to work on his body a little bit. He's just a massive person who doesn't quite know what he's doing out there. Yeah, well, his inability for, I think, the longest time um, to pass that conditioning test of anybody from the... Like, the Ravens have had some guys that haven't been able to pass the conditioning test, and it took him longer than I can ever remember anyone yeah. being able to pass it. So I don't think that John Harbaugh would disagree with you either. Um, but if we're working our way from the inside to the outside then, I mean, obviously the star of the show t- uh, tonight was Isaiah Likely. And, you know, it's, it's clear that it's so interesting to me in football how some guys just can stand out right and you know we've heard all camp about this and there are definitely instances where guys in practice and we've we even heard you know a lot of the coverage post game has been that the quarterbacks for the ravens that played tonight were played better in this game than they did during practice but when you have guys that are highlight real guys in practice and then they turn out to be highlight real guys in actual live game action um those guys usually turn out to be really good players right like they have that feel they have the instincts they have the athleticism in some cases, whatever it is to, to kind of like rise up to whatever that's going to be. And it seems like Isaiah likely is like very firmly in a way that I don't think that I can remember for the Ravens of having a, a camp star type guy actually perform on the field in the same way that everyone's talked about him happen in a long time. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's only one preseason game, but you could see just the, the movement skills uh, when he's sh- shaken baked, I think like three different, Titans defenders on that first catch to pick up a first down. What, what an impressive play! Um, he he moves like a wide receiver. He's in a Titans body. I think he's six four two fifty. Um, but you know the ability to kind of have that agility and space, that stop and start, um, smooth accelerator. Obviously, you know that back shoulder crosser that he caught, or kind of like the leaping crosser he caught. That was, I think, arguably even more impressive than the catch he made and and was you know able to get that earlier. Um, you know, yard after catch, um, and then he had a nice catch on a on another play where he kind of adjusted back to the quarterback and made a nice kind of you know shoestring catch. Um, he has you know all the skills that you're looking for as as you know kind of a you know a, a nice player to, to tandem with you know the other guys. What we have Boyle obviously as the, more of your blocking tight end than Andrews, who's just like. A, you know, all world tight end, you can do everything, but you put, you know, likely an Andrews out there two really impressive pass catching. They can run, they can move. Like that's going to be a tough, you know, pair of players to, to really defend. I think it's, it's going to really cause defenses, a lot of problems similar to, you know, Gronk Hernandez type of things like back in like, you know, was it like 2011, 20, 
Japan back then when, you know, obviously before all the other things that happened with Hernandez. Um, but, you know, that's the kind of combination of players you're looking at, like, with, with those two. Um, and, and that's something I think is going to be really exciting. I think we'll see a lot of 12 personnel. And there's a lot of potential um, with them. And then, obviously, Boyle is just the third option. who can be more of a early down, you know, run blocking guy who's probably on his last year with, with the with the Ravens and um, looking to kind of, you know, finish his, his career out um, looking at, with like a probably a, a smaller workload, I would imagine, this year than he's seen in the past. Well, and the threat of what's so interesting about that is that the threat of those two tight end packages with a guy like Lamar makes it just so much more dangerous, right? Because even if, and we saw it a little bit tonight, Greg Roman is, for anything that Greg Roman is, I don't think he's going to change terribly significantly in this process. And we saw a lot of empty tonight in situations where the Ravens needed to go to it. And I think we're going to see a lot of multiple tight end empty sets this year where you might see wide receiver or running backs going out into wide receiver slots. And so the, the threat of what that looks like in a run package and then the threat of what that looks like in a spread package and being able to put likely and Andrews on on both hashes outside in a situation like that, you could you could essentially go with Dobbins all the way on the outside, Boyle in line, Andrews and Likely in the slots, and Bateman on the outside, and that's just going to be incredibly tough to defend because if you go if you go light to defend something like that, they're going to be able to run right over that, and if you go heavy on that, it's very obvious that Likely and Andrews are just going to kill you up the seam. I I don't care what anybody has to say about taking the top off of this defense. If you have two guys that can run the seam like these two guys should be able to, it's going to be incredibly difficult to defend because if you if you go wide enough to defend that, whether the top has come off this defense or not, Lamar's just going to run like a hot knife through butter right up the middle of that defense. Um, and so it's going to be – I think the threat of what that could potentially look like is going to be pretty incredible this year. That being said, Isaiah likely can't block Yeah, him. I mean – that's something that he's going to have to work on. It's, it wasn't his strong suit coming out of college. I, I think he's kind of like a an effort blocker. He's not really a guy who's going to drive somebody backwards. Um, you know, the the two holding calls he had in this game, that's just kind of just like a learning thing. I, I don't disagree with what, you know, Sandusky and um, Woodson were saying. You just have to learn how to get away with it in the NFL. And that's something that can be taught. You can't have your hands outside the pads. You have to have them inside the pads. Um, and then you won't get called for it. And if you if you have them on the outside, you're going to get called you know, nine out ten times. So that's just one of those things. Well, holding guys inside the pad, like just just to clarify, holding guys inside the pads is legal, right? So like this idea that you can never hold another player is not true. So like they shouldn't call yeah. it holding. It should just be if he was technically blocking legally, then he wouldn't get called for a hold. But he was actually holding, right? It's not hold illegal like like hold illegally and they won't see it because it's inside if you hold inside it's legal um and and that wasn't super clear from the way that rob woodson was talking about on the broadcast but all that being said i think that isaiah likely is just not going to see a a lot of those situations right like like if nick boyle is back and healthy and as strong as it looks like he is then in those short down and distance situations he's going to be the guy in there with andrews or it's going to be boyle and ricard and a running back in some kind of jumbo package anyway. And they're not, he's not even going to – some of the reps that he saw in running situations tonight likely is just not going to be on the field for it anyway this year, regardless. Even if he improves his blocking, I think we're just not going to see him in a majority of those situations. I think we'll see less of Mark Andrews than we saw last year. Um, Likely's presence is going to help with that. Boyle coming back is going to help with – there are a lot of things that should help with that, right? 
Um, and so at the end of the day, yes, he needs to learn. Yes, he needs these reps to learn that. No, I don't want likely to get hurt. I think he should play less in the remainder of the preseason. Um, but the Ravens have plenty of options to hide him in that regard. And they've got a potential fourth tight end in Kolar, who it looks like will be on the IR or not be kind of an early contributor that will be available to contribute to that punch as the season continues too. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I agree with that. Um, I want to pivot to another player that might have, you know, played his way onto the team and Shamar Bridges, um, who, let me, let me give you a pop quiz. What college did Shamar Bridges play for? I have no idea. He played for Fort Valley state. Yes. I knew. I saw that on Twitter <laughs> earlier. I just couldn't remember. Um, I had to look it up. So. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I knew he was undrafted free agent. I didn't know that he, he was basically, uh, not very well known commodity. I thought he may have at least played for like a, you know, a bigger school, but it's, uh, you know, at a historically um, black um, college university, it's one of those schools that I don't, I don't know what division they play in, um, but it's good to know that <laughs> I mean, he was, he played it in the, um, he, or he competed at the combine and he was, he was in one of the end of the season bowls, a smaller one. So you know, the Ravens must've seen him. They saw that this is a guy who's, who's big um he's 6'4 you know 210 um he can run and he can catch <laughs> he looked like the guy that the ravens have always wanted that big tall guy who can make contested catches on the outside um have the ravens ever had that guy they thought they might have had it with miles boykin he didn't turn out to be that player um you know they've taken a lot of flyers on okay. on players who fit that mold but the kind of catches he was making in this game we haven't seen that very often yeah, they were pretty poorly defended catches in both instances. Um, so so it does show his ability in traffic to go up and make a catch, and every running back is not going to make a great play. Look, I we, Bridges has gotten a little bit of hype in training camp. Obviously, he had a really nice night tonight. I think that the odds are still more unlikely that he makes this roster than likely, not to go back <laughs> to the last guy we were talking about. But I think, I think there are... I think there are more iterations of this roster where he is not on it and and fewer that he is to start i don't think that the way that the wide and and i say this in the sense that wide receiver is a very plentiful commodity in the nfl these days there are a lot of undrafted guys like obviously he's an undrafted guy there and there he was not the only undrafted wide receiver that did looked okay tonight um for the ravens right and there are a lot of these guys on a lot of teams so I think and there's not a lot of space for them. And there's a lot of draft capital being poured and a lot of cap space being poured into the wide receiver position. So it's just for a guy that probably is not going to contribute on special teams as well, um, maybe not a target that another team is going to scoop up. And so maybe the Ravens keep him off the roster to get him because of that. Yeah, I think the Ravens have one roster spot at the, at the fifth wide receiver. Um, and there's probably, you know, five or six guys who are who are kind of looking to make that last spot. Um, and why not Bridges? You know, the, the other guys, there have been some injuries. I think, you know, maybe there were a few other guys who made catches in this game, but I don't think anybody was nearly as impressive from the wide receiver position as Bridges. And, yeah, maybe they weren't the best guarded plays, but, you know, he was going up against the same defensive backs as the other uh, Ravens undrafted wide receivers um, that were in this game. So but- he's the one who made the plays, and he, he caught, you know, a nice 
a nice first down pass on a third on a big third down completion. He caught the touchdown. It was a very nice. He 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 did. He went up and high pointing the ball on a, it was a nicely thrown pass. That's a good NFL catch. So I don't want to take that away from him. He made a nice catch down the field with a guy who was in pretty close position. He fits the mold of what the Ravens need. I think that it's either him or it's somebody like you know Devin Williams. Like they're all they're all basically the same kind of position the same maybe not the same pedigree some of them played at bigger schools obviously but the guy who makes the plays when it matters that's the guy who's going to be on the team in my opinion so i wasn't shaking my head and i know you can see me and so i wasn't shaking my head that your analysis was wrong i agree with you it was a quality catch when is the last time the ravens had an extra roster spot that they gave to a wide receiver and you can look at a guy like Tim Patrick, who got a big contract from Denver, right? Who was an undrafted guy for the Ravens. There were other guys like Tim White, Adebayo, like other guys that performed in the preseason. There was the 53rd spot was one that could have been claimed by a wide receiver. And the Ravens have never carried that guy. Well, that's true. But I think the Ravens have generally carried at least five wide receivers. And they only have really I, I, yeah. four guys who are kind of locks for the roster this time. And that's why I'm saying that there is that fifth wide receiver spot that is kind of open for the taking. So, And I think that'll be sacrificed to a guy that is going to be inactive or on the IR by the time week one rolls around. Like, like I, I just think that the initial 53, I, I think it's just more more likely that he's not on the roster than on the roster. Whether he's on the, on the Ravens team in week one, I think is potentially a yeah. different conversation. Um, and I think that the other reason I say that is his competition is still other trades for wide receivers that are veterans or signing of other veterans that are currently available. Because as soon as one of those guys signed up, then like if the Ravens were to sign Will Fuller, I think Bridges has no shot at this roster. Oh, I, I agree with that. But I feel like if they were going to bring in a veteran, unless it's somebody who's currently on a roster that gets cut, I think it would have already happened. Like the guys who are out there right now, street free agents, your Will Fullers, your I mean, T.Y. Hilton, your Odell Beckham's. I think if you want one of them, you already would have brought them into to camp. You know, you don't have that much time, um, you know, before the beginning of the season. And you want to see them on the field as much as possible if they're healthy. Well, the severity, the severity of Tylen Wallace's knee sprain will have a lot to do with that. Yeah, I mean, and if he's going to miss time, then that's someone that maybe you only have three wide receivers. Then I don't, I don't know. What, what do you? I guess you have to. Put, if you put him on IR now, it's the rest of the season. So. That's. I mean, the Ravens have never. The Ravens haven't had. I mean, the Ravens don't usually go active, five wide receivers anyway. Depends on with. if they play special teams or not. So it's. But but I, yeah. I I will. I mean, I guess I'd have to go back and look. But I would guess that that it was. It'd be more frequent that they would only have four wide receivers than five wide receivers. I think they have been doing five um, recently because they've had guys like Duvernay, who's a special team contributor, Prochet. Really, last true. year it was whether somebody was hurt. You know, goes Bateman was hurt a little bit, Watkins was hurt a little bit, and then the only guy who was um, like healthy scratches last year was Prochet, a couple of games. He wasn't active, but generally most of them were active all season last year, and they had six on the roster. So, and I mean, that was partially also due to the running back position being decimated, so, um, you know, every every year is a little different, but I think that this year it could be only be four, four guys on, on game day that'll be, that'll be active. That, that, that's that's right. Well, Prochet was inactive for like four games early, along with Bateman, right? So like that was so that's only four in those games. Anyway, I just I, like unless he's contributing on special teams, I just think it, it's going to make it a long shot. And I think that if they're like if the Ravens do ultimately go out and add a veteran, then they're just going to guarantee the snaps to that guy. And then it's just a question of like whether or not they think that 
whether or not they think that they've got the roster space. This is going to be a really, like, in the broader question here, and, and let's talk about running backs after this, but, or actually, I want to talk about um, Makai Paul for a second, but I just think that this roster is going to be really squeezed. Like, when it comes to the initial 53 and it comes to week one, barring any kind of, like, significant injury changes, like, like th- this roster, I think, is going to be significantly, significantly squeezed. Um, in terms of where they're where they're just available spots to begin with. Yeah, I, um, I agree. And and I mean, you, let me real quick just wrap up uh, Bridges because I think I did see him playing some special team snaps in this game. I'd have to go back and rewatch, but I don't see any reason why he couldn't be a gunner for them. I mean, he has like the frame, the size, the speed to do that. Um, I, I, I don't know for sure if that's something that he's going to excel at, but there's no reason in my mind why he couldn't be that. And that's something that the fifth, and six wide receivers on the Ravens typically have done. You know, Miles Boykin was a really good gunner. Tylen Wallace last year was a really good gunner for them. Obviously, Duvernay is a return specialist. So I think that's something, if he can, you know, be good in that area, then that definitely gives him a path towards getting that spot. Yeah, I and, and that's what I was saying. If he can carve his role out on special teams, then I think he'll definitely be on the roster, regardless of everything else I just said. But we've not heard his name related to any special team stuff related to out of camp. Um I just want to plug for Makai Polk, who looks like he needs to gain yeah. 10 pounds to be able to play in the NFL, but looked pretty good. Um, and a guy that had solid hands and just looks like he could potentially play the part along the way. Yeah, I mean, he, I mean, I think he's definitely in the mix. Um, you know, every every single day from training camp reports, sometimes you'll, you'll see a different wide receiver who's had a, had a big game. You know, sometimes it might be Slade Bolden. You know, we've seen Bridges' name. We've seen... Polk's name we've seen Victor I think mentioned obviously he's not this year's undrafted he was on the practice squad last year but so he's been around a little bit more I think um, Jalen Moore I think he's another name I don't know if he was out there at all tonight I don't know if he's hurt I'm not sure what the status of him no he was out he had a Did couple he? Um, yeah so he's another name that's in the mix he's been with the Ravens for a couple years on the practice squad so it's you know there are a lot of guys who could potentially you know <laughs> be this guy who's the you know the last kind of basically the last spot on the roster for all intents and purposes. So we'll see. Um, they all have, a lot of them are big and tall and fairly fast. So that's obviously what the Ravens are looking for in this last spot. Cause that can be a special teams contributor. It can also be someone who's useful and on offense. I hope they just find the right one and not let someone like Tim Patrick walk away again this time. Yeah. I, I mean, and that, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what direction it goes. And, you know, you have the same, you have the same log jam at running back. I mean, it's the preseason, so Nate McCrary is going to play well. He looked he, he looked incredibly – he looked like he knew what he was doing when he was out there. Mike Davis looked strong. Um, I think he didn't get a ton of opportunities. I think the one guy that looked good and but didn't have the performance to me was Justice Hill. And I, I have – for anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I, I think that Justice Hill can't translate his athleticism to actual performance. It didn't seem the case in this preseason game. Then again, three years ago in the preseason, all we heard about is how Justice Hill broke 9 million tackles against the Green Bay Packers um, and then went into purgatory for the remainder of his career. So I don't want to take too much away from that, but we saw good burst and good vision from Hill um, in the, the limited carries that we saw. From yeah, him. I think Hill has a good chance to make this roster. I mean, if they carry four, four running backs and Gus Edwards starts the season on the pup, I think he will make the roster. So that's one of those things that it's really going to be up to whether they carry three or four running backs and also Gus Edwards health. Like those are kind of key factors for what will 
um, you know, keep him there or not. Because um, I think Beatty and and Mike Davis are going to make the roster pretty much for sure. I think Mike Davis looked good in this one. Um, obviously, you know, he has that speed to the edge. That's something that you want. Um, he has been productive in the NFL. It would be nice to have someone who's an actual veteran um, in, in that room um, in case, you know, things don't go well for the, for the other guys. So um, it, that's how I, that's how I would handicap it. Um, and I'm rooting for Justice Hill. You know, he's, he's done some things on special teams. Last we saw him, he was looking better there contributing. Um, maybe not the kick returner, but at least, you know, he can cover punts and kicks. Um, and if he does, you know, put it all together on this kind of contract year, um, maybe he can be a featured third down back for the Ravens if they need that guy. Um, I mean, Beatty also has that skill set, so they might kind of have to fight that out. But I, I don't mind having someone with his, you know, his explosiveness. He looks like he's bulked up a little bit, and I think that's going to serve him well as, in, in addition. Yeah, my problem has always just been his vision more than his athleticism anyway. So, you know, I think he's going to get the shot. I think all four guys, I think the Ravens will carry four running backs this year. I think the Ravens are going to lean super, super, super run heavy. Um, it's going to be interesting if, if Kolar does end up going to the IR still, um, the Ravens are going to carry four tight ends and four running backs on that initial 53. Um, unless Mike Davis has a handshake deal to, to get cut and come back for the team. Um, so, so that, that's another interesting spot to watch for the 53, but you know, there's not a whole lot, you know, when you don't have your, all your starting offensive linemen, you don't have Lamar in there. There's not a whole lot to glean terribly from, from these running backs, but, um, I almost feel bad for Nate McCrary as a guy that should get a get a shot, and it just seems like he's not going to again. Yeah, I mean, he had probably had the most impressive run of any of them in the game. Um, he looked really explosive. He, we saw that explosiveness out of him last season. Um, you know, I have to wonder if if he had stayed on the roster instead of Tyson Williams, what might have happened if he hadn't kind of gotten lost and gone to Denver for half the season. What that would have looked like in in the Ravens system. It's, it's kind of uh, you know woulda shoulda coulda potentially but i think he's probably destined for the practice squad again for the ravens so wasn't he on the he was still on the like i mean the ravens could have probably swapped him for tyson williams somewhere early in the way yeah anyway the tyson tyson williams is the the storyline that i will not understand from the last five years from the ravens at all whatsoever it 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 just for like it just never it, it never made sense to me um, especially given that they waved him, like basically ended up waving him at the end of all of that anyway. <laughs> it's like, why, why did we go through all of that? Um, but I'm sure the Ravens had their reasons. Um, I, you know, I want to talk about Tyler Huntley as well, who got a lot of, a lot of praise from this game um, and not undeserved completely. But I will point out that I thought his YPA was poor. Yeah, it was not good. Um, and he bailed from the, and he bailed from the pocket constantly when he didn't need to there were multiple moments where he could have stepped or or at least stepped up or stayed in the pocket and there would have been opportunities that came open and he just totally bailed um in that process and so that concerned me a little bit because a lot of his throws were check downs or short throws or easy throws um and it seemed like the and it wasn't completely by design i think we saw him really hamstrung by the game plan because nobody was healthy last year when he was the starter but in this game you just saw a very a very tentative guy about the pocket that was in front of him that just didn't want to take any chances i can't blame anybody for that and at the end of the day his numbers and his accuracy weren't poor as a result of that but i'm not i my hot take from this game is that tyler huntley is not as amazing 
as everybody else seems to think that he was um, as my short takeaway. I mean, I, I wasn't overly impressed with his performance. I know, you know, the completion percentage was very high, which would you like to see? I think he was generally very conservative with what he did. And I also agree that he probably, you know, broke the pocket a couple times when he didn't have to. Um, it's hard to tell, you know, looking without having like the full, you know, all 22, how things were developing down the field. Um, I thought that he might have been able to find some guys if he extended plays instead of, you know, just looking for their easy check down. Um, but I, I can't complain too much. Um, I think in terms of a backup quarterback, he's pretty much, you know, what you need. I think he can make plays with his legs, which is nice. Um, so I'm... I'm I'm happy with him as a backup. I think he can do a lot worse. I think the Ravens have done a lot worse in the past. So, if if he's the guy that you need to turn to for you know a couple games here or there, um, I don't I don't think you're going to be in bad shape. He's not probably going to win games for you, but I also don't think he's necessarily going to lose them for you, which which is good. But, and, and I totally agree with all of that. And I'm not here to I'm not here to bash Tyler Huntley. It's more just he is not a second round trade second round pick trade type guy I think from what I saw on film tonight and I, I certainly I you know I don't think the Ravens would take that trade right now anyway because I don't think that the insurance is worth that cost um, but I think I think Tyler Huntley's getting a little a little bit overhyped um, by Ravens Nation right at this particular moment um, so let's flip over to the defense a little bit and talk about you know why don't we start in the secondary I, I think there there's one group to talk about because some of the guys that are actually going to see time played. And there's one group not to talk about. Cause I think basically everybody, except for like one guy, nobody that we saw play corner tonight is going to be playing corner on the regular. I hope, I hope knock on wood <laughs> for the, for the Ravens when the regular season, at least when it starts. Um, but you know, we saw flat. I mean, we saw, I thought Jefferson looked fine. I thought Geno stone. I've been a huge Geno stone fan ever since he came out of Iowa. Um, but I think we saw like Kyle Hamilton did not look good tackling tonight. He missed I by my eyes he missed three tackles, um, and that's not great. But he was always around the ball, right place, right movement. Showed his athleticism and showed that you don't need kind of four four speed, you know, from the forty to be able to have an impact in the game. And he's going to need to continue to get settled in. I also think he played a lot in a role that he's not going to be asked to play when the Ravens actually start. They played him a lot in that single high safety role. Um, and I think ultimately that's not going to be the spot that he is going to be playing a lot in anyway. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of an up and down night for Hamilton. There were some nice plays. Um, obviously the the free rusher play where he let uh, Willis spin out and get the touchdown was, was a, a negative. Um, you need to, <laughs> you can't let him do that when you're the contain on, on that side. So um, it's a learning curve, obviously, you know, rookie, um, big expectations. He's going to make some mistakes, but, um, there was, there was one play where, you know, he was basically playing that center field role and I think Willis was scrambling it and his closing speed and the angle he took to, to, to usher Willis out of bounds was extremely impressive. That's the kind of play that you want your, you know, your, your safety to be able to make. Um, and I think he knows football really well i think you can see that he's an intelligent player um and he's not out of position very often i mean he will be at times but i think he's someone that is going to be intriguing just how the ravens use him and like you said i don't think he's going to be the center fielder that's going to be marcus back there um the vast majority of the time but you know if, if mike mcdonald is anything like some of the previous ravens 
um, defensive coordinators, they're going to move their safeties around. They're going to show different things. They're all going to be kind of asked to do um, different things, whether it's single high, double high, whether you're in the box, whether you're blitzing, whether you're, you know, covering the slot. They're all going to be asked to do different things at different times. And I think his size and versatility is something that the Ravens are really going to be able to take advantage of. So I'm excited to see it. Um, I can only wait for him actually to be unleashed in a, like a real role. And I think he's going to be someone who's a difference maker in this defense. When we saw it on on the one play where the Ravens, I think it was the play where, I don't know if it was the play where Travis Jones made the sack of Malik Willis or a different one. Um, but... Hamilton was playing single high, playing single high. Geno Stone was down in the box, and they switched positions, yeah. and it confused Willis. Um, and Hamilton had good coverage on the slot guy that he came down to cover. Um, it goes to show you why he doesn't need to cover, like in that one-on-one drill that everybody was, all the fuss was about. Um, but he comes down, covers the slot guy up, who I think that Willis thought was going to be open, and it, and it was the, it led directly to the sack um, from my perspective on that play, and that's what Hamilton provides you the opportunity to give and and that's what i think we're all excited to see i think the corners there's not a whole lot to say about the corner play i mean um pepe should have had that one interception other than that there was just i i don't know what Kayvon seymour was doing on that one play and somebody must have been calling his name on the sideline he thought he needed to go over there i just didn't yeah that was a weird play i mean i don't think he's going to be even probably on the practice squad maybe early practice squad player i i, I hope not <laughs> Not after that I mean, play <laughs> he did not look good i thought he got kind of picked on in this game um williams you know he's interesting you know they moved him to safety i think at one point in this game um so that versatility is something that's interesting i think there's a decent chance that he's the starting nickel for the ravens we'll see how that shakes out um i haven't heard great things about kyle fuller so far in training camp they heard he's not playing so well um so I, i'd rather kind of keep him as maybe your backup outside corner if or maybe he has to start if marcus peters isn't going to um but we also have jalen armor davis who we didn't see tonight um, i'm looking forward to seeing him get out there because i think he has the tools to really be a, a good outside corner he has the size you know the speed um and he's a comp- competitor so i think two really interesting rookie corners um i think they're both going to see the field a decent amount in this game and or i'm sorry in this season so i'm looking forward to to that and then you know hopefully we will see the guys who are not playing out there you know peters and and humphrey um and we don't have to worry too much about the depth these you know, sixth and seventh string guys but um if you know previous seasons have anything in store for this season they're going to be called on at some point and the, the more depth the better as far as i'm concerned yeah the corner the corner spot is interesting on the roster crunch to me more than anything like if marcus peters is active for week one then they're just you know there there are seven you know brandon stevens is going to have to be active because they're not going to cut him right so then you've got williams you've got armor davis you've got fuller peters humphrey you've got your four safeties already to start with so the Ravens is just like it's going to be an interesting log jam once that plays its way out. Um, kind of working our way down. I thought the inside linebackers played miserably. I, I think I want Malik Harrison to be better than he is, but if Malik Harrison was cut and not on this team going into the season, I would not be an unhappy camper. I think he I, it, they either need to move him to the outside. I just don't think he can play inside linebacker. Um, and on any crossers or any instance where it required any kind of lateral mobility from him, 
you just don't see it um and and it's constantly showing up on tape and teams just like the Chiefs did last year, teams are just going to pick on him. If he's out there, they're going to isolate him, and they're going to make him look a fool. And I don't, I, I, I just don't know. Obviously, our starters at middle linebacker weren't playing tonight, so there's a big drop-off when you're ever, whenever you're behind that. But I just – Malik Harrison should not be the answer as the third inside linebacker on this team. I don't yeah, know. it's tough um, because I think he had a couple of nice plays early on. Um there was there was one snap where he played outside linebacker actually he was playing the Sam um, and that might be where he ends up playing especially early on when when the depth of, at the outside linebacker position is kind of thin going into this season um, but he definitely doesn't have the ability to kind of carry a running back or a receiver in coverage um, he did have a nice play with the you know he had a nice quarterback hit um, you know pursuit. You know, he's attacking downhill. He had the forced fumble. So th- there is some highlights there. But you, I think you just have to figure out what the right role is for him. And if it's just like an early down thumper, is, isn't is that Josh Bynes? <laughs> isn't that Patrick Queen? Like, how maybe if he's a depth player, maybe he's a core special teamer. Maybe he's playing some Sam backer for you. That's how you get him on the field. But he definitely doesn't look like he's someone who's going to be out there on, on passing downs. At least if he is, it's, it's not good for what the Ravens are going to be trying to do. And I thought Welsh looked overmatched as well. I just thought, I thought, you know, for the one area where it felt like the Ravens were the weakest on the regular, other than when Seymour was giving up big plays in the secondary was anything over the middle in terms of the passing game just looked like, I mean, it felt like we were watching the first few weeks of, the past couple of seasons before Josh Bynes got involved and, and saved, saved the defense. Yeah, I mean, and Bynes, I think, will still have a pretty important role in this defense in this upcoming season. You know, he, he at the very least, knows where to be. He's smart. Um, he, he kind of does a good job of, like, looking, reading the quarterback and understanding how the play is developing and knowing what's going on around him. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe Patrick Queen lights turn on year three, um, you saw in the interview, he's talking about that. I, year three is kind of a big thing for him. He really um, has struggled, I think, at times. He, I think he got better in his second year than he was as a rookie. So maybe that's, that progression is going to happen. Um, but in the end, I'm expecting this to be a heavy, you know, sixth defensive back unit. I think we'll see a lot of dime. We'll see a lot of nickel. Um, I, don't, I don't think we're going to have a very high number of, of linebacker snaps this season. And I think it is by far the worst position on this team. And I think it might be one of the worst linebacker units in the NFL. Honestly, it's not something I'd be, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching linebackers play this year. It's not going to be fun. What a departure for, for Ravens teams historically. Do you think there's any chance that Malik Harrison is not on the roster? Um, the initial 53? I don't think so because I think, he does provide some of that versatility to play outside linebacker, especially, you know, on early downs to set the edge for them. Um, kind of like your Albert McClellan type player in, in years past, a little bit of a inside outside versatility. Um, Never knew why the Ravens carried. Well, I mean, special teams and that ability to play run <laughs> against the run early on. I think that's what, what you're going to get from Harrison. Um, so aside from that though, I mean, he, he yeah, that's, I think that's what, what he's going to be. And I think he will make the roster for that reason. Yeah. And then, you know, in front of those guys, I think the def- I thought the defensive line played particularly well, um, you know, given that we didn't see all of the starters that were out there. I thought Travis Jones, obviously, easy standout. Um, 
you know, no, none of them were, none of them, you know, in the way that I talked about likely. I, don't, I think we didn't see Travis Jones flash, like the way that people talked about how he's played in camp, but we did see flashes of him, and I was super happy to see that. Um, and then on the edge, you know, Steve Means, really nice to see that they had a guy, you know, like essentially you're, uh, I was going to say Lerone McLean. Uh, Pernell McPhee. Yeah. Why would I think that their names are the same? <laughs> Not at all close together. Like, basically filling the Pernell McPhee role. You know, he seems like he's a little bit bigger and potentially a little bit less athletic, but a guy that is just kind of like another edge rusher, like a guy that can get after the quarterback when you need to um, in some of those situations. And the Ravens, the Ravens really need that depth, especially as they're waiting for Bowser to get back and for Ajabo to get yeah, back. Yeah, that's probably, you know, we said inside linebackers, not as super talented, outside linebackers thin. Um, I mean, obviously, we didn't see Houston. He's not going to play all preseason, probably. Oway, I think, one snap in this game. Um, I would imagine those two see a lot of snaps, especially early on. Um, Hayes, you know, he, he flashed a little bit in this game. I thought he had a couple of nice rushes, so he's probably some someone that the Ravens will lean on early on as well. Um, and then, hopefully, you know, Bowser gets back sooner rather than later and looks like same old Bowser. That's yet to be determined, obviously, but... Um, and, and if Ojabo can come and play, you know, half the season, that would be fantastic. Uh, I'm not counting on that, but any con- contribution that he can give is going to be um, definitely needed. I think this, I think Owe is in store for a pretty nice season. I think every all the, you know, camp, um, you know, details have been really good on him. He looks like he's taking a step in his second season, trying to. You know, the game's slowing down for him a little bit. He's going to be able to lean a little bit more on his athleticism, um, bending around that edge, using that raw speed, um, and, you know, maybe like getting off a little bit better off the edge. And if he can do that, you know, he can be a double-digit sack guy, I think. And then, and then you know, with Houston, he played a lot of snaps last year. If he can do the same thing this year, I think it'll be okay at outside linebacker, especially with what you talked about, the depth at defensive line on the interior. I think there'll be a better pass rush. Matabike, I think, is poised for a nice season. Clays Campbell, obviously, still Clays Campbell. Very good player. Um, he's one of the best players the Ravens have had on defense the past two years. I expect that to continue, even if it's less snaps. Um, and then you have Travis Jones, who I think looked great tonight. Um, he had a, a nice couple pass rushes. He was very good in run defense. I think he... As a third-round defensive tackle, I think he really looks the part, and I think he's going to be someone who is a solid contributor this season. Yeah, no, I mean, I I think I agree. I agree with kind of all those pieces. The one rush that OA did have looked like he got the edge and could have bent around it. He started to bend, and then he just pulled up. It was I'll have to go back and, and look at it, but it looked like he had him. And he was about to go by him, and then and then he just decided not to. Um, so I'll have to go back and take a look at that and see if I can pull that little clip of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is, you know, glorified practice, right, for, for what it is in, in week one of the preseason, especially at this level. There's no script. There's, you know, obviously there's some game plan in the sense that they're trying to execute on some things. We didn't see the Ravens really play you know, terribly a lot under center. Um, I think the Mike Davis touchdown was a snap that was under center and like that wishbone formation. 
Um, so I think that was you know strategically interesting. I think we saw them move the safeties around um, a little bit when Hamilton was in there with Geno Stone. Poor Geno Stone. He's also a guy that like I would keep Geno Stone over Malik Harrison in a heartbeat if it was if it was my call. Um, but he's a guy that that I think probably isn't on the opening day roster or on the initial fifty three or week one just because just because there's not going to be space for him. So well, you don't think um, Geno Stone's going to make the and, roster? I don't see how I don't see how the Ravens carry that many defensive. I think backs. they can carry eleven defensive backs. So you think so? Then so Stevens count them. So the five safeties, yeah. if you include Stone, Stevens, Humphrey, Peters, Fuller, Williams, and yeah, Armour Davis. There's eleven. You think they can, they're going to carry eleven defensive backs? That seems like a lot. I, I think with the number of six defensive back packages that they're going to play, I, I think that's almost ne- necessary. Um, we'll I see. mean, I, I, I think, I think, I think Stone is not going to make the. I roster. would be surprised if Stone <laughs> doesn't make the. Roster. I think he's someone that could be a starter in some teams. I think he's a very good player. I, 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 I mean, I think I, I totally. Agree. I'm a huge Geno Stone fan. Yeah, I would be, I'd be very <laughs> surprised if, if he doesn't make the roster. Because I think I, I just don't know what. Where is he getting snaps ahead of Marcus he's, Williams? He's not, like f- f- ahead of four. So safeties. he's not going to. But if one of those guys get hurt, then he's immediately playing a big role. And you, you, you have to have if you're. I think you can redact that role where you don't need that that extra safety to have a major role, though. That, that I guess is what I'm saying. Like, like yes, if you kept everything exactly the same, if that's the way things went down, you're right. But I think that like. Like at some point you have to decide whether or not carrying the extra guy. Like I, we're all, we've already, there's a roster crunch at literally every position for the Ravens right now. Some of that is injury related and health and like coming back from that. But it's just like so. Where's the spot? Like somebody of these guys that we're talking about then is not going to ultimately make it. Oh yeah, and not just the initial 53, but the, the starting roster. There's going to be somebody that we thought was going to make it that wasn't. And so I feel like Geno Stone's going to ultimately be that guy. Yeah, I mean, you you might be right. I would, I would, oh, we let Tony Jefferson out, so that's twelve guys. Sorry, I keep saying four guys at safety in front of Geno Stone. I forgot about Tony Jefferson. So, so we're actually talking about I know, twelve it, guys. It's 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 Stone, it's Jefferson, it's Hamilton, Hamilton Clark, Clark, and Williams. That's Williams. Five. That. Yeah, but when I counted earlier, I didn't say Jefferson. I'm not sure who you said, but that's that's five that's five safeties and six defensive and six cornerbacks. I think that's a. A good amount. I think that's the right amount. Okay, may, maybe I, I have to go back and take a look. I, I, I think it's it's impossible to talk about the fifty-three man roster without looking at all fifty-three, <laughs> right? Because there, because well, so like like typically the Ravens don't carry ten offensive linemen, yeah. right? So there's already a squeeze there. If if Kolar is healthy enough to play, they're going to carry four tight ends, right? We're already talking about them carrying four running backs. That's pretty rare. Right, like where, like just, just where all these roster spots come. Eventually, somebody's got to go. Well, I mean, a lot of it will be worked out by who's healthy and who's not. So some of these players are. But but right, but but so like right, like assuming that the guys from the pup come back and no one else gets hurt, then someone's got to go. That's true. Yeah. So then. It... And so I think I think Geno Stone is the guy because you have you have four quality safeties in front of him. Um, I mean, maybe Tony Jefferson. Like, maybe you have like a, a deal with Tony Jefferson that you cut him. But Tony Jefferson, the way he talks about himself, sounds like he's going to go get another job. If I mean, that might be. That <laughs> might be. And honestly, I think I'd rather have Geno Stone than Tony Jefferson. Um, he's he's a lot younger. He has a lot more brightness ahead of him. Um, he's more of a playmaker in the back end. 
I don't know. I mean, if that's a decision, you're. I would be. I would be okay. I would be okay with that. I think Geno Stone plays special yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Was Tony Jefferson playing special teams? Um, I don't know if he I was or not. He might have been because he was kind of like the end of the year pickup. He wasn't playing a significant role. He was kind of being that dime kind of nickel safety. So. Um, I don't know. I mean, that's an interesting thing. I mean, honestly, like, I wouldn't carry Steven Means on the roster if I had to cut Gina Stone to carry him. I, like, he's, he's like, a guy that you could pick up at any point in the season. I think there's more talent in, in Stone than there is in Means. And I think you can get by with having, you know, a, a Malik Harrison give you some snaps an outside linebacker and not have to carry him. So, to me, that's where you would look at. Um, interesting. Yeah. I think they're going to be way. Sh- I mean, without Bowser back, I think they'd be too short on outside linebacker. Then, um, I mean, we've Harrison can play edge as an outside linebacker, but we've seen nothing meaningful. Oh, I, I agree. But then end. you use you have your three guys you rotate. You have Hayes, you have you have um, OA, and you have Houston. They that's what they pretty much did last year. I mean, they had Bowser instead of Hayes, but they pretty much just rotated three guys at outside linebacker the entire season. Yeah, but that's a. I, I mean, okay, but the drop off between. Bowser and Hayes is, at least right now, both on paper and in practicality significant. Yes, I would agree with that, but I also think that you will get Bowser back at some point, and I, I don't think that I think you can get by with having Hayes as like your third guy for you know a few weeks. Right, like Means would be, right, Means would be somebody that you could get back, and Stone was somebody that you couldn't. Yeah, I, I mean it's interesting. I, I think that the league generally values pass rush more than safety right now. But um, means isn't a pass so, rusher who's going. He was available and like nobody wanted him. They just they picked him up. Like he's not someone who's going to be. I mean, like uh, they, the Ravens cut Gino. Didn't they cut Gino Stone at the end of like every? season? No, they, they cut him at the end of one season and then they went back and resigned him. And he's, yeah. I mean, Gino Stone is, I think also, to most people in the league would qualify him as as like an available like the the safety the first safety off the any roster. I mean, he's he's better than most fifth-string fifth safeties in the NFL. He's better than a lot of third-string safeties. I think safeties. Most, most teams don't carry so, five safeties. That's not true. I think most teams do carry five safeties. I, I don't think most teams carry the fifth The fifth safety is a special teams guy. Like, yeah. not like an actual... Like, play like special, special teams. So. But, so, let me let me rephrase that. Most teams don't actually play their fifth safety for any defensive snaps over the course of the season. Like, like you don't end up dipping to the fifth guy in your safety depth chart. For any meaningful snaps over the course of any assuming health season. i would agree with you assuming yes. assuming health right like obviously i mean you have to like you have to make some assumptions about health when you're building a roster it's just you know the fifth safety guy is just just not going to see a lot of opportunities i would cut malik harrison before i would cl- cut a lot of even even means just because you don't know what's happening with with outside linebacker and even though hayes had some decent stats we didn't see anything i don't know there, there wasn't a differentiating moment for him in this i game. mean I'm not going to get excited about Steven Means. I'm sorry. He had he had one sack, maybe a pressure. I mean, the sack was was nice, but he's going against backups. Like, sure. No, no, no. I'm not. We're talking about the 53rd guy on the roster. I'm not. Like, let's not get carried away <laughs> about what we're talking about here, right? We're talking about how you balance the choice of the depth of the position you choose, not the quality of the player, right? Like, like in this instance, like, like, or or how you balance those out. I think Geno Stone is a better football player than Steve Means. I think that the Ravens have a significant deficiency yeah. at outside linebacker in week one compared yes. to safety. I, I, right? I agree. So like, so, like, so, like, if you're putting those things on a weighted scale, like, it makes it a little bit more balanced and a little bit tougher of a decision. That's well, I, I mean, obviously, these are 
obviously Steve Means needs a max contract, uh, full, fully loaded, high cap rate. No, I, I, you know, I, I think it, the Ravens are going to have a really interesting decision at the back five or six guys of this roster um, when it comes down to it, both both for week one and for the fifth act of initial 53. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. And like, and you made the point, it's going to be a, a crunch. They're, they probably have 60 guys that they'd like to carry, and you can't. So some of these guys that you want, they're just not going to have a spot for them. Hopefully you can slip them onto the practice squad. So I don't know. It's going to be tough, and somebody's going to be upset. There's going to be fans who are going to be upset. It happens every year. Um, hopefully you, you just find a way to keep them around. Um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. And the Ravens and the Ravens have not tip, historically gotten burned on this, including the cutting of Geno Stone, right? As as an example, right? Like, except for like Tim Patrick, the Ravens have really not historically had like the last guy off the roster. Like James somewhere. Harrison. Um, and, okay, James Harrison was cut by like six teams. Just saying. <laughs> that one. That one. <laughs> I think he went somewhere else after he was cut by the Ravens. Before he went. I think he might have went to Tennessee or so, something. Yeah. So, so I think that that gives them that gives them. They, Tim Patrick the also went to I think play for the Chargers and then it was cut there. Did yeah. he or Dallas? So much. He he went somewhere else too. But I mean, this this is the story. You know, you never know what what they're going to be. Sometimes it just right. takes the right situation. You have a couple of games where you you play really well, and then all of a sudden you're you're no longer a nobody and you are somebody who's going to be either a star or at least carve out a, a niche on a team. So. I, I just hope that, you know, that guy, some of the Ravens identify and keep on the roster instead of let go. Yeah, and I'm more worried about winning a week because a certain guy in a rotation was able to come in and perform more than I'm worried about losing the better talent in the long run, right? Especially for this upcoming year, because I think that this is a Super Bowl talented team, barring barring health. Um, this is a Super Bowl talented team, and I want to see them maximize that and not trade that off for, uh, you know, some future upside down the road i would agree with that so well thanks everybody for tuning in hopefully we'll see some more of the starters here in preseason week two at least a series or two or something a little bit more substantive for us to talk about on tape um but we appreciate you guys being here uh he's at gabe fergie i'm ravens at ravens sit room thanks for joining us in the situation room save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.